BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, Doug. Hey, other Doug. When it's just the two of us talking to each other, why would you call me that? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's... <laughs> or is that just goes to your head every time you think of my name? <laughs> Sometimes people just think I'm talking to myself when I talk about you. Our guest today is a dude who is uh, hilarious. Uh, he's an actor uh, He's who's been on all... You know, he's been on my other podcasts. He's done, he's done the Gauntlet. He's done Doug Loves movies. He's done Getting Doug with High, and uh, so now he's here with us today. He played Vernon on You're the Worst. It's Todd Robert Anderson. Are you excited to talk to him, Doug? Big time. Three names. Love it. I know, right? We'll definitely get into the whole name game with him because <laughs> he's got he's got three first names. Yeah. How people are calling kids Anderson now. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> that's a weird name for a baby. There's my baby Anderson. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I think he's waiting to talk to us. Plus, we've got uh, somebody sent us a, uh, a theme song, uh, a new version of the theme song, a cover of an existing song. I don't even know what the rules are on us being able to use this. <laughs> but, uh, but here goes. Let's go to work. Living on Doug's, buying on time without some Doug's, nothing ain't worth a dime. Just like an old fashioned storybook rhyme. Living on Doug's. It sounds simple. <laughs> That's what you're thinking. Doug's can walk through fire without blinking. It doesn't take much, and we'll get enough. We're living on Doug's. <laughs> I like the part about can walk through fire without blinking. <laughs> you know me. I feel like that line is in this song that the guy... I don't know the original lyrics of this song is what I'm saying, but I feel like that line he just left in as is. Got a great voice. He sounds like uh, Billy Wayne Davis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a Coulter Wall kind of country. I like it. Yeah. Oh, let me give him proper credit then since he liked it. You know, I wasn't going to say his name if we shit on it. Uh, <laughs> but since we loved it so much. Um, where is it? Oh, Cody's at Cody Huey. H-U-E-Y. Cody Huey. Thanks, Cody. Yeah, thanks, dude. We appreciate it. <laughs> we'll see how long it lasts. I think it's going to be up to the uh, listeners. You can hit me up at, at Doug Medson and hit Doug Mellard up at, at Doug Mellard and uh, let us know if you so can tolerate having to hear that again. It's less abrupt for the guest coming in, you know? <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. And then we, and then and I think it's nice to have a burst of energy at the show. So we're going to play the opening theme at the end because also people, people will complain. They will miss that song if we just right, right. It. It's it's epic. Yeah. yeah. So now everybody has something to look forward to at the end of the show, but the show itself is something to look forward to because joining us today is, as I mentioned in the cold open, a gentleman who's participated in all, all my shows. I've been on his podcast show thing. Uh, we'll get into that with him in a second. It's Todd Robert Anderson. Hey, Doug and Doug. 
Hello. How's it going, Todd and Robert? <laughs> it's going all right. It's good to talk to you. I'm excited to be doing this uh, uh, Doug Benson tour. Yeah, you're doing all the shows. I, I'm, I just made this show up just to make you do another show. <laughs> as, as you can tell from our theme song, this isn't a professional podcast. <laughs> Uh, was that a submission from a fan? Is that it just came? It just popped up out of nowhere. Uh, sometimes I don't even listen to these things because I just feel bad that if I don't like it, then you know how do you? I don't want to ignore the person. I don't want to write back and say I don't like this. But you know, <laughs> criticism can be constructive, I guess. But anyway, this one just it, it it tickled me that the guy did this. I think it's kind of a lark. I don't think he's looking to get a record deal. Um, so, um, but if anybody else has one, do you have one? You're musical, aren't you, Todd? Um, no, I'm, I'm a lover of music, but I'm not, you know, oh, okay. I mean, I, I forced myself to learn the harmonica for a season of you're the worst, but that's, <laughs> that's about all I've done. That's why I got the idea that you're a musical, but you really like, how did you, did you learn to play it in some cheater sort of way? Like you don't really have to know how to read music. Um, yes, I, I, I literally took an online harmonica class, Whoa. um, just like a series of, you know, little, little webinars. And I, I, the first thing I learned is, I guess everybody learns on instruments is, is taps, the happiest of all songs. <laughs> and, uh, so you learn it song by song. So you're not really learning how the notes work. You're just learning where to put your tongue and where to blow well, you kind of, I mean, I kind of learned how the notes worked on the harmonica itself. So I like by the time that we were like in the mid season of it, I could improvise stuff on the harmonica wow. and it wouldn't sound just like a kid breathing in and out with a harmonica in his mouth. So I did learn. I mean, it's just, I can't, you know, I can't read music. It's not an easy instrument to just pick up though. That's good on you, man. Well, thanks. It's, it's easier than you think, but the worst part about it for me <laughs> was uh, I, I'm just kind of a, a drooly kind of dude as it is overactive <laughs> saliva glands, I guess. And our harmonica is the, the fucking worst thing. Cause you just pour drool. It's really gross. <laughs> oh, fun. It's not a COVID friendly instrument at all. <laughs> doesn't sound like it at the beginning of quarantine i got drunk one night and ordered a harmonica for myself apparently and then i found a note in my phone that said learn harmonica i still have not done it so again good on you thanks i don't want to learn how to do it you know like it's not even there's so many instruments i'm jealous of the people that can play them but i don't even i don't even want to I don't even want to hold a thing on my face like that and slide my mouth all over it. I just, it doesn't, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll just appreciate the people that are good at it. You know, like I'll just sit back and enjoy some John Popper. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. Like, did you love how I said some people are good at it? Like you thought I was going to rattle off some names. <laughs> one. All I have is John Popper. <laughs> what about Dan Aykroyd and the Blues Brothers? Yes. Oh. yes. I, That's I, why I actually wanted to learn the harmonica when I was younger. And it was all because of Dan Aykroyd and the Blues Brothers. And did you, did you want to carry it around in a, a bag that's way bigger than a harmonica? Yeah, because that's that's funny, and I wanted to have a handcuff and handcuff all that. to the bag, but but a loose harmonica in the bag. So <laughs> I don't know which is he just protecting the bag. Is it valuable? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um, but uh, thank you for being here. I think is what I was. That was the long way of saying it. My pleasure. Uh, I was going to introduce you as uh, Todd, Robert, Paul, Thomas, Wes, Anderson. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Get them all in there. Add some more names. I need but more. Tell us how this happened. Why, uh, it's a Screen Actors Guild thing is the reason that you have three names? Yeah, that's the whole reason. When I, when I uh, first got here and, and was eligible and went to the office to give them all the money that I had left in the world so I could be a professional actor. Uh, there were like 87 Todd Andersons and all the variations, including Todd R. Anderson. I was going to go for there. Like, Nope, 
I almost went with a fully made up stage name, which was going to be Colby Scott. But uh, at the last second, I decided to go three names, even though that always sounded pretentious to me. But I didn't <laughs> know about the regulations. I'm so glad you didn't go with Colby. I, that's a word I don't even like. I don't like saying it. Col- Colby is my son's name. <laughs> Colby. <laughs> Colby. What a horrible name. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> no one should ever name their son Colby. <laughs> it's not like I'm going to have to, you know, talk to him and, re- you know, refer to him by name. Uh I, yeah, I just, uh, I don't like the way it sounds. How did, where did you arrive at? Why do you like it? Um, Colby, you know, my father would agree with you. Colby is his middle name. Um, he was named after his dad and he didn't really care for it, but I always liked it. And, and it was a moment of panic, like growing up when people would think they knew my name and they didn't, they would call me Scott, which I think is a common thing for Todd's and Scott's to get confused that way. So it was just like a last minute decision at the SAG offices. I was like, I liked my dad's middle name and and then people called me Scott. That's how I came up with it. And uh, we sort of loosely named my kid after, after me because we named him Colby Scott Anderson. All right. Well, just don't let him listen to this because I don't like it. I won't. He won't. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like Colby. Because I just don't like having to pronounce that L. I, I, I think I just start calling the person Kobe or Cody. People call him Colby anyway. I mean, it's, you know, it's almost like a silent L. I mean, yeah, I guess you yeah, can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, th- that's what I don't like about it. It's like the word macabre or, you know, any of those words where there's an extra letter in there that you have to make the effort. And it's like, why bother? It's, it shouldn't even be there. <laughs> <laughs> like herb? You don't like that H? Oh. The worst. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But um, thank you again for being here and letting me uh, make fun of your child's name. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Um, But it's worked out good for you, though, that Todd Robert Anderson, it it doesn't seem to be a a detriment to you that you have the – the three names everybody knows you just calls you todd yeah for the most part except a few you know audition session runners around town who like still call me robert and have for 20 years i don't know i don't know why that happens but it does i guess they get stuck in their head and they just you know once you remember something wrong you still commit to it yeah that's true that's true (laughs) i guess i guess you're you know it's a good thing they're not calling you anderson exactly that's true that's true. That, that's actually auditions. Like the other thing I get all the time from session runners is they do the Mr. Anderson read from the matrix. Oh, like right. still it's like 20 years later, guys. Wow. How often do you think Anderson Cooper gets that from people? <laughs> <laughs> I think he commands more respect than me. So probably not much. I but can see knows. the face he makes every time. <laughs> I can see that smoke he makes when he's just not buying something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's not into it. Um, so Todd was a good name, you think? Like uh, we had Todd Glass, of course, on the show. And uh, I think Todd name? Todd Glass makes the the name Todd sound cooler than than I always thought it sounded. Yeah, he's he's helped. Uh, he's up the game for the brand. <laughs> yeah, I think he really has. I mean, I always Todd to me growing up was not my favorite because in every, you know, 80s comedy that was out, all the assholes were named Todd. Yeah. And, uh, has, but it was usually Bill Murray on SNL. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And then, and then the, and the, the preppy douchebag lady was usually named Hillary. And that's my wife's name. So I'm, I'm oh my God. with the names here. <laughs> Quite the eighties movie couple, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that Todd is, um, that is, a, it is an interesting one. Cause I do, I do feel like it kind of is in the same realm of Doug where it is kind of a, uh, a character label that writers rely on to so that people will assume some, you know, what is the what is this the stereotype of doug doug is that it's just going to be like kind of a either a dumb guy or a ineffectual guy like or a boring guy not not to be taken seriously yeah just really? a bland oh here comes doug 
<laughs> when yeah. I was in elementary school, the coolest guy on campus was named Doug, Doug Fairman. He was the coolest. I think it's doable. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's that bad of a name. That's part of the the interesting thing about it is it's not a complete albatross. It's not like being named uh <laughs> come up with a good example like I don't know what's the what are the big nerd names right now? Like what name makes you automatically a nerd? Like Melvin? Does that seem like <laughs> Sure. I feel like that's a a, a classic nerd name. Yeah, you know? right. For a, a white guy. I think a black Melvin is pretty cool. That's true. And a white Melvin is like oof. Uh, <laughs> you know. You Wasn't Melvin the name of the nerd who turned into the Toxic Avenger? Oh, probably. I think so. Yeah, that guy, Lloyd Kaufman, he's uh he's he's interesting. Oh, the trauma guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. could hey Doug, I could get I could probably get him to do this show. Whoa, I like I like that. You do? Yeah. He's just gonna yell at you the whole time about something <laughs> something he did wrong. <laughs> I think that would be fun. I think you should do that. I mean, he is like the quintessential, like the whole world is his lawn and he wants everybody off of it. <laughs> I mean, that's the vibe I get. I don't know if it's like how much of it's a character, if he's goofing around or what. I don't know what his deal is. I've just been scared. But he's for years, he's been like kind of every once in a while, I get a, you know, I'll get mentioned in a tweet or something where he's like saying he wants to be on one of my shows. I don't even know which. I don't even know if he's I don't think he wants to do the weed show, but. That'd be cool if he did the weed show. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> how many Dugs have you known in your life? Uh, other, you mean other than Doug Fairman? Yeah, uh, what yeah. you've already told us about is a is a great Doug, which is always nice for us to have. You know, we have right now Doug is you know the fourth most powerful person in the world because the first, or I should say, second gentleman of the United States is Doug Emhoff. So that's just, that's been terribly exciting for us. Yeah, that's gonna really help your brand, I think. I mean, it's helped us a lot. Not as much as um, <laughs> Wide World of Kamala's, is, uh, that one really, <laughs> that one really uh, is going through the roof because that's quite a coincidence that that happened. But yeah, but there's a big powerful Doug, uh, I, I keep wanting to say in the White House, but the vice president and and their mate do not live in the White House. Right, you right. Know, like, they chill somewhere else. Is it always the same place, or does it move around based on availability? <laughs> That's a great question. I I gotta know. Do they have to change it uh, 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 like periodically for for security purposes? Move them around? I don't know. I don't know if you know when you have Secret Service agents twenty four seven. I don't know if. I think it really matters where, you know, if people are know where you live, I don't think they can really do anything about it. But I just, right. there's something that they call like the residence or something, and it's somewhere. But it I, says I number one observatory circle on the, lo located on the northeast grounds of the U.S. Naval Observatory. Huh. Weird. Huh. I don't know where that is, though. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's somewhere in D.C., yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, and DC is not that big, really. You know, I mean, it's it's a yeah. little, it's just a little, um, <laughs> <laughs> a little that they and they want to be a state for some reason. Uh, yeah, I think they should be because then they can, you know, then they can make up their own rules and they don't have to do whatever the current president tells them to do. <laughs> right. Um, they get those states' rights that all the states love love to have. Um, do you have any other questions before we get to this next part, Doug? I don't believe so. Yeah. Uh, it's really, I guess we really didn't get an answer. Have you known other Dougs besides that awesome one in high school? Uh, uh, <laughs> elementary school. Uh, other than Doug Benson, which is you, I, I, uh, oh yeah, I knew another Doug, but I didn't like him. <laughs> he, he, he is a kind of successful character actor at the time and and uh i i was invited to like an after party uh, because i was mutual friends with the girl lady he was dating and and they oh. made out the whole time they were just making out it was really it's really gross 
And then he married like a 16 year old or something. What? <laughs> That's oh, a you're talking turn. about Doug Hutchinson. Yes, I am. Oh yeah. I think he and the 16 year old, you know, now she's in her twenties, I think, but I think they just broke up or so- something happened with them where they kind of popped back up into the news, but it's been a kind of amazing that I don't know how much that guy works, but seems like he's really been given a pass for all of his weirdness. Yeah. Well, I mean, he doesn't seem to work as much as he used to, but no, I mean, I, he doesn't, but you know what I mean? I don't know if that's why, I mean, like, cause also he's sort of so recognizable for, you know, his role in the green mile. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's probably been pretty typecast in his career, even regardless of his own off screen strangeness. That's true. He he is excellent at playing uh, those kind of creepy dudes. A shitty little person. <laughs> <laughs> just a they just their, their face just annoys you. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just yeah. Every movie I've ever seen him in, he's either really hateable and he's good at it, or you know he's just miscast because he's so hateable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but good luck to him. uh, (laughs) we can't wait to have him on the show it's funny i think we probably mentioned him early on because you know the beginnings of this show todd we really had this dream of like talking to all the best dugs in the world but then a couple things happened we found out there aren't that many great dugs really (laughs) and then the ones that are great you know they're they're a little too great to talk to us so um it's uh our goal is to get doug emmerhoff Second gentleman, Doug Emhoff, on this show. But other than that, we're just, we'll talk to anybody. Right, <laughs> right. Anybody <laughs> but Doug. Especially <laughs> anybody with a, a weird name or a name similar to Doug, uh, like Todd. I, I get, now that I think about it, I, I used to like the magic of Doug Henning. Yeah, right? Cool? Yeah. Which, again, though, that sort of propelled the Doug as a comical name because he was sort of like the Richard Simmons of magic. Right. You know, right. he was like a funny character. He was a good magician. He was good at what he did, but he was also kind of this strange character. Like he just seemed like a total stoned out hippie and, uh, but doing magic tricks and spreading peace and love. And yeah. His name uh, was well, he was fun. He was a funny magician. I, yeah. I, I remember Especially didn't make the name. It didn't make the name Doug cooler. That's for sure. Oh, I, I get you. I get you. I remember a, like a magic special he had on network TV back in the eighties with Bill Cosby. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> there was a whole like, you know, that game mousetrap, you know, Oh yeah. it was like a giant size. That, that's what I remember about it. It's like a giant size version of that where Doug Henning basically made Bill Cosby disappear. Whoa. But it, I guess it didn't take. He was around for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine what a hero Doug Henning would have been? <laughs> he really made him disappear. Uh, well, we do a thing on this show with all the guests uh, called Five and Five, where without consulting with each other about it, Doug and I each come up with five questions, and then we take turns asking them. And so far, I don't even think we've, I don't think we've overlapped on our questions at all. I don't think one time. Yeah. So close. that's, that still could happen. So it'd be interesting to see if it does. But what also interests me is that we run out of time with some of the guests. And last week we had a very charming and funny fellow named John Gabris on the show. And Doug and I had written five questions each for the guy and you know, you gave great answers, so we ran out of time. And how many questions do you have left, Doug? Two. Two, and I've got two. So why don't we, if you don't mind, Todd, would you would you just mind answering John's questions? No, sure, go for <laughs> it. I'm just going to ask you the leftover ones. You know, if we have any leftovers for you today, we'll, uh, we'll ask the next person. It could become a fun tradition. <laughs> Um, but of course, you know, these are very, sometimes very specific. Do you know who John Gabris is, Todd? I I know the name, but uh, it's not coming to me exactly. Very funny improviser. He's got a podcast called High and Mighty. And then he's also, uh, 
on a he's got a Patreon show called Action Boys with a Z, where they just go through all of the you know craziest crappy action movies of all time. Oh, that's up my alley. Talk about yeah. it. I know, right? Oh, that's what I was going to get into a little bit with you as uh, film pigs. What's going on with film pigs? Well, we still do our you know audio uh, podcast on a monthly mm-hmm. basis, and uh, you know we're old friends, so you know we hang out and have zocktail sometimes. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, other than that, that's, that's it. We're doing the podcast. I mean, I really miss doing the, you know, the web series. Um, so when this pandemic is actually over, I'm going to try and find somewhere else to do it because I miss doing that. Yeah. That's what uh, I was a guest on once one time was the web series. Yeah, that was a blast. That was uh, one of my favorite episodes because uh, Stephen Falk, uh, one of the the film pigs, uh, he was ho- we we rotated who hosted every week, and he was hosting that week. And normally, what we do is we drink scotch and call it popcorn. That was our bit. But then Doug was on the show. And Doug likes weed, so we smoke weed with Doug instead of scotch. Right. And and uh, Falk got, was hosting. He got so high he forgot he was hosting. It's one of my favorite. Things. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good, uh, that was a good time. Uh, okay. So anyway, that's, but that's basically John Gaberson in a nutshell and maybe the questions will, you know, you'll understand more about him. We'll all learn more about him without him actually being here. Uh, go ahead, Doug, ask your. My first leftover. John Gabris leftover. Uh, oh man, it's a real hard one. You can only choose one between the three. Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Booberry, go. Uh, Booberry. Booberry. Wow. Yeah. I assumed it would be Count Chocula. That seems like the safe pick. I this I I I apologize for screwing that up. But, uh, <laughs> no, I like I like the the wild cardness of it. I was a big fan of Booberry growing up. I I'm into it. Yeah, I'm not into I'm not into chocolate cereal. I'm not into it. Uh, yeah, that could you know the not liking chocolate really that's a real uh, strike against uh, Count Chocula. <laughs> um, but what's the other the other one? You would you go with you go Boo or Franken? I went with Booberry. Boo. Franken's like strawberry, Frank, right? Yeah, Franken's like strawberry. Why why blueberry over strawberry? Um, just cause, you know, you get, you can get strawberry milk, but there's not a lot of blueberry milk out there. So you get the blueberry and the milk turns blue. You got blueberry milk. Where else are you going to get that? That's smart. <laughs> That's smart. You just get chocolate milk with the Count Chocula. You're right. Blueberry is the best one. Wow. <laughs> and DB, you're, you're, you're not a sweets guy. So you're not a cereal guy. What's that? Oh, You're not I'm, a sweets guy, really. I'm, a, I'm a, anything that's complete garbage. I want it inside. <laughs> yeah, I ter- always had terrible uh, eating habits. Now, now I just try to, you know, smaller portions of t- food that's terrible for me. Um, but I don't eat cereal anymore. Like cereal was a big part of my breakfast like regimen growing up. Like I had it most days for breakfast and then a lot of days for lunch or dinner, depending on what was being offered. And um because I could just make my own bowl of cereal if I didn't, you know, like what everybody else was eating. And, uh, but then as an adult, I just, I don't know. I think it's just the milk. I just not, I'm not into milk anymore, even though the blueberry flavored milk does sound good. (laughs) You you don't like any of the milk substitutes like a cashew milk? I've been trying to get into oat milk. I like oat milk a little bit and it's, it's all right. It works. We've been using it as a creamer in our coffee. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty nice, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just have, I have a real sweet tooth. So uh, some of the stuff is too bland for me, but um, great question, Doug. (laughs) We have no idea. I mean, I don't know what John Gabris would have said. (laughs) Well, I think Todd nailed it. I mean, Count Chocula was by, you know, that that's a good bet just because I think it was just, I, I I felt like Count Chocula was always the super popular one and the other two were just drafting off of him. I, I for yeah. sure agree with you there. I think, I think for sure. I feel like Count Chocula too would, would stay all year round even after they went seasonal with those cereals. 
Oh, they did go seasonal on those? Now they only come out around Halloween time. Oh. Oh, did not know that. That's fucked up because I could have gotten a craving. <laughs> I could have gotten a pandemic craving that I would not have been able to satisfy. <laughs> I feel like there's got to be more cereals that are just like those flavor-wise. I mean, there's tons of chocolate cereals. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, they're, they're, very, they're pretty similar to Cocoa Puffs. The only thing, then you got to figure out how to get those marshmallows, though, because I... That is my favorite part of Count Chocula is the marshmallows. The, the, the other part, the chocolatey OD pieces or whatever, I don't care that much for other than you can't just drink a whole, you know, you can't just eat a whole bowl of the marshmallows. That that doesn't. They're not, are they, are those like, uh, I haven't had Count Chocula since I was a child. Are they, are, are they like uh, the Lucky Charms marshmallows? Yeah, but chocolate flavored. So they're like, they're not, I never, I never understood why those things were called marshmallows because they weren't soft. They're like little. No, they're kind of hard, hard, yeah. hardish little marshmallows. And, you, know, <laughs> you know, the more you, the less fresh the box is, the longer it's been open, the harder those things get. But they still manage to have enough preservatives in them to still be pretty, you know, soft enough to. They never get real hard. Uh, but yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird cereal for sure. Um, but see, this is what happens. This is why. We can't get through we the 10 over. questions is because we could talk this long on a simple multiple choice question. Blueberry. <laughs> yeah. Um, my next question for John Gabris was that I thought the TV show Happy Endings was uh, underrated. I've enjoyed watching episodes on uh, streaming on whichever service it's on. I guess Hulu, but I could be wrong. Um, what did you do on it? Uh, on, on happy endings, uh, I, uh, I actually, uh, auditioned for a series regular role, uh, when they, when they first, uh, created it and, uh, yeah. they, 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 uh, uh, did not hire me. <laughs> uh, I, I believe if I remember right, I got as far as the studio test and, and then, then the studio was like, nah. Which is weird because usually, you know, the studio is like, yeah, whatever. And it's the network test that's hard, but I guess they didn't like me. Which one, which one of the guys were you supposed to be? I don't remember. I think they went with Damon Wayans Jr. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. I, I honestly don't remember uh, and didn't watch the show, you know, out of bitterness. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it says here you played a cashier, John. Oh. <laughs> If you were answering for John, you, it would have been a story about being a cashier. <laughs> Back then, I was probably still working part-time as an actual cashier. Oh, okay. So, Mally Mel, close as you're I got. The, ne the next leftover, I got, uh, because John was in Game Over Man, uh, I was going to ask, how would you personally fare in a diehard or game over man like hostage situation if you were the john mcclain if i was the john mcclain how <laughs> you mean in reality I, yeah I, uh, god i mean i think if i'm going to be honest i i would say that i would run away <laughs> uh i have all, what, uh... All, all the respect for john mcclain i don't think i could have done that i uh, i love that uh in Game over, man. John Gabrus's character was called in the credits was called Husky Hostage. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That might Wonder. sting a little bit. I was going to ask him about that too. That wasn't even one of the ten questions. I was going to ask him that during the freestyle portion of the show, but <laughs> I didn't get around to it. All right, my next question is next question for John that Todd's going to answer. Thank you for doing that. Uh, which is your fa if you had to pick one? Which is your favorite of the questions you've been asked so far? Uh, <laughs> my favorite is definitely the one about uh, sugary Halloween cereals. <laughs> do you guys uh, want to talk about cereal more? <laughs> I do. I want. I really. I'm thinking. Of, I'm starting to think of another podcast that's just about cereal. <laughs> <laughs> we call it Cereal Lover. It'd be like the opposite of a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> it would be just uh you know God, there's so many the cereal aisle is nuts like i don't i just have to skip it because i just love cereal so much and there must be in in your typical grocery store there must be 60 to, to 80 varieties of cereal 
Yeah. And a lot of times it's hard to find, if you're looking for something specific, it's hard to find where they put it. <laughs> yeah. You really got to <laughs> look through all those fucking cereals. It's like looking through all the bottles at a liquor store. <laughs> Where's the fucking Crispix, man? <laughs> uh, uh, okay. You got one more, Doug? No, that was, that was the last of them. Oh, yeah, that's one. right. You had two. I had two. All right. Well, there you go. So that's, you know, that kind of approximates what it would have been like if John Gabris uh, <laughs> had had shorter answers and gotten to those. And we're going to see how Todd Robert Anderson fares in our five and five after this quick break. We'll be right back. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We're back. I told you it'd be quick. And it was. Because <laughs> I'm into not lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> and... Now we're going to play five and five, just like you did with the John Gabris questions, you know, just honest answers, but you don't, you know, you don't have to name names or, you know, if, uh, I don't know if these questions, any of them are like hardball questions, but you know, it's a, it's a friendly situation. So if there's anything you don't want to talk about. All right. I mean, it's they're pretty hard hitting, as you could tell from the booberry questions. So. Yeah, that that was hardcore. I don't. We'll see. Uh, all right. So you want to go first, there, Doug? Uh, you can, man. Do it. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. I'm just gonna come out of the gate with a "You're the worst" question. Right on. <laughs> Loved you on that show. Thank you. Loved getting drunk with you at the rap party. <laughs> it was a blast. <laughs> my head hurt so bad that next day. Uh, <laughs> the bartenders there were just way too generous with the. Oh my God. They were pouring, the pouring like really expensive scotch. Like it was Budweiser. It was uh, amazing. Yeah. My scotch, they gave me so much of it. It tasted like vodka. I, I almost complained. <laughs> <laughs> Is Vernon on your the worst, truly the worst character you've ever played? And if not, uh, what was the number one worst thing that Vernon did, in your opinion? Um, uh, was he the worst character I've ever played? I, I don't think so. Uh, I played a, a murderer on Hawaii Five O, that's probably worse than Vernon. His what kind of murderer, a murder, murderer, like you were going to get some money out of the situation, or yeah, yeah, I, I murdered my um, uh, sister on on Hawaii Five O uh, to get her portion of the inheritance. Did they establish that your sister was somebody nobody liked? No, she was uh, she was a complete innocent. Uh, <laughs> uh, did not deserve it. And, uh, okay, so now I am thinking this is your worst character. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. All right, Vernon. Vernon is off the hook. <laughs> he, he only inadvertently killed somebody in surgery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's the motive really is a big factor in these things. Uh, <laughs> All right. Doug, Melly Mel, give your, your uh, first question. All right. Uh, from Film Pigs, of these three characters you're credited with uh, on IMDb, which obviously because you're behind it, you have a million different uh, things you've been credited with. But of these three, <laughs> which do you like most? Coach Manstan Transstanstern? <laughs> Cocaine Executive Number Two? Or Orgy Dude Number One? <laughs> uh cocaine executive number two for sure <laughs> yeah i remember that sketch we were do, we were making fun what the hell it was some movie that was out of the oh it was uh probably wolf of wall street um and uh and all we were doing was pretending to do cocaine and screaming cocaine at the top of our lungs i don't know how you could have more fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah sounds like a pretty good time <laughs> it's, it's fun uh It'd be fun if all drugs, um, when you did them, you got, you know, it got really fucked up. You can only yell out the name of that drug. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I would I would argue that cocaine is the closest drug to that actually being true. Right, because you're just <laughs> the entire time you're on it, you're probably just thinking the words, so you might as well yell it just to get it. Out. <laughs> right. Well, I've never actually uh, uh, done it myself, but I did wind up at a cocaine party one time. And one thing that I noticed about people on cocaine is they really want you to know how good cocaine is and they want you to do it with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very social. I've turned it down a few times in my life, but not as many as you'd think. Like it, it pops up so rarely. I just like, I don't know if I'm, it's a vibe I'm giving off or if I just pick people that don't have much, much, you know, that have little or nothing to do with cocaine. <laughs> But or they're like they have lots of cocaine, but they think doing it with you might be a bummer. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've definitely been around people like you mind if I do some cocaine? I'm like, sure, go ahead. You know, but uh, that even that hasn't happened that often. I've seen it in person maybe three times in my entire life. What What does a person who says, "Do you mind if I do cocaine?" How do they react if you go, "Yeah, I'd rather you didn't." I think they do. I think they say, okay, see you later and go do it anyway. Right. I don't, I don't think, gonna, <laughs> you know, I think they're, you know, it's kind of like asking somebody's father for their hands, daughter in marriage. You know, you, you're still going to marry their daughter, but you pretend like they're part of the decision. Right. It's, it's uh, just, it's politeness standing on ceremony or something. Yeah. It's just <laughs> ceremony. But at least they asked. I have been in situations where it's like, oh, this is happening right now, you know? <laughs> well, speaking of ceremonies, my next question for you, Todd, is do you think Matt James will find love? Um, do I think Matt James will find love? Mm -hmm. Who's Matt James? Oh, sorry. This is another question for John Gabris. <laughs> oh, okay. Then, yeah, I'm going to say yes. Uh -oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's now. Did I get his name wrong? His name's. What's the name of the current Bachelor? Oh, I don't know. I don't watch The Bachelor, so. I, Are you um, watching it, Doug? Yeah. Why am I blanking? I don't think it is Matt. Why? Why am I blanking? Shoot. Yeah, it's Matt James. Oh. Uh, yeah. Do I they, think they hardly ever? They don't say the last name that often on The Bachelor. That's true. It's confusing, but uh, and he's another two first names person, but. Um, but just if you had to guess, uh, you know, because I'm watching the show because I'm on a podcast where we talk about it. Um, but if you had to guess, Todd, do you think that the current Bachelor, he's a black man who's already, there's already been lots of discussion about whether, you know, he's worried people would be mad at him if he, you know, decides to pick a white girl. Mm. Mm. He's the wow. first, He's the first black Bachelor in the history of the franchise. And the girl that's kind of a front runner on the show right now, see, they've taped the whole thing. Now they just sit around quietly because they can't reveal how it's going to end if he's going to propose to somebody. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but this one girl that's in the running right now, people have been posting that she's a kind of, you know, she, she likes uh, Instagram posts that have like Confederate flags in them and stuff. Oh, so. Oh, so That's now everybody, cool. so now Chris Harrison, the horse, the horse, the horse of the show, the talking horse, he asked him, <laughs> you know, he had to, you know, do an interview and he did an interview with an ex bachelorette or bachelor contestant, a lady named Rachel Lindsay. And she did not, she went after him hard as a black woman when he was trying to say, Hey, that happened five years ago when she was in a picture at an antebellum party. Oh, boy. that was five years ago. He goes, <laughs> he goes, when do you, I mean, how do you decide, you know, what's wrong now what might not have been wrong then. And she's like, well, first of all, it was three years ago. It was 2018. And secondly, that was right. That was the right thing to do. Never, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and she just really laid into him. So then, and he tried to argue, he really tried to argue that times have changed is why she has racist pictures on her Instagram. So then uh, <laughs> uh, shortly after doing that interview and seeing the backlash that that was getting, he had to issue an apology. Oh, wow. He's already apologized for defending racism. Um, so that's where we're at. 
on that show. <laughs> wow. I mean, to answer your question, I would say, you know, um, I think he will find love, but I don't necessarily think he'll find it on the show. Exactly. He's not going to find it. This dude, he makes out with everybody. He listens intently to everything the women want to tell him. He's super fun on all the dates. Like he, he holds their hand a lot. He always has their hand on the back of their, you know, on their back when they're walking or entering some, you know, he opens doors. And I just think he just enjoys dating lots of women at the same time and not being called a scumbag for doing it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think he's just enjoying being in that position and that he's not getting super serious about any of them. Cause he just likes having them all around. And he just likes, cause every one of his dates, they just totally make out. And well, it sounds like he's a, he's a polyamorous person. Maybe, yeah, but, he, but I don't think he is cause he's very religious. So he's using this show oh. as an excuse to be temporarily polyamorous but when he just picks one and goes home with her, how long is that going to last? Yeah. You know, especially now that he's extra famous for having been the bachelor, like the last bachelor couple that was in the last season that just ended two months ago <laughs> are already split. They already split up. Oh, right. Cause they, wow. you know, because they both became, you know, famous and he's, you know, a young single dude and she's an older, you know, was the older woman bachelorette season. So nothing ever seems to last after these reality shows wrap up. Uh, they, relationships, you know, it, weight. Yeah. Loss, I think some last a little while cause they kind of have Stockholm syndrome cause they were in a reality situation together. Hmm. Um, but then, you know, there are, because they've had so many seasons, the bachelorette does and the bachelor has some success stories. There's some people that got yeah. married on the show or because of the show and have remained married. But, uh, it, goes the other way more often shocking when um, they don't find love on what's basically a game show yeah <laughs> no but that's the thing is it's like all these women now are like they have to tell matt so he'll keep them around they have to say i think i'm falling in love with you and he has to encourage them by being like i think i'm falling in love with you he's having the same conversation with 10 different women it's the weirdest thing <laughs> and i'm sorry to have taken up so much time with it <laughs> <laughs> next question okay uh todd i was on your website looking at uh you'd posted some uh script concepts on there you can like read scripts and i was really fascinated with your untitled tom hanks project oh yeah. uh, <laughs> do you do you, why don't you do you want to set up what it's about before i ask this question sure uh, i love the uh, idea Stephen Falk and I, when we first moved to, to LA, sat down and wrote that together. Uh, so basically what it is, is a, a, a young actor who gets his first big break job is playing a bad guy in a Western starring Tom Hanks. And then, you know, on this day where he has a showdown with Tom Hanks, you know, it, the, it, it, the gun that he has turns out to have a real bullet in it and he accidentally kills Tom Hanks. And because Tom Hanks is the most beloved uh, person in America, all of America wants to kill this actor guy and he has to figure out who set him up and, and, and how to uh, <laughs> clear his name. It's, I, I love this, Dan, it's amazing. But uh, my question for you with having written this concept, did you feel any guilt in even broaching the subject of murdering Tom Hanks? Yeah. I mean, especially at the time, I mean, and he hadn't done, when we did that, he hadn't done Westerns, you know, we wrote it. So oh, right. yeah, we were like, what's a movie that Tom Hanks hasn't done. And we came up with that. Uh, yeah. We thought about would, uh, you know, we thought about too, if this fell into Tom Hanks's hands, would he hate us for it? Or would he think it's funny? Um, so yeah, but I mean, to just, like the concept required the most beloved person that we could think of. I love it. Yeah. So that he was the guy. <laughs> it still work. Yeah, I think I could does. see him, you know, breaking the fourth wall at this stage where he is, you know, almost like this cartoonish character, you know, when certain actors get that big, it almost makes the most sense for a movie like that to happen. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I've got uh, a question. Sure. Who's your, who's second in line? Who would be your second choice after Tom Hanks? Oh, for like nicest, uh, 
Yeah, who would? Hmm. Um, who would you slip in there if Tom Hanks wasn't available? Because that's. Well, I you know like it happens with these things, right? Yeah, like now, I, I mean, I think I can imagine like if you accidentally shot. <laughs> such a weird conversation (laughs) (laughs) if you accidentally shot and killed someone on set like melissa mccarthy i think that would be yeah people would be very mad at you but is there a i mean i'm just trying to think of like a tom hanks keanu equivalent oh that keanu that's almost too good that's almost like killing a living god (laughs) yeah yeah that would be a good sequel to the Untitled Tom Hanks project, the Untitled Keanu project. But what makes <laughs> it crazier is because of the John Wick franchise. Literally, everybody's coming after the guy who accidentally killed him, John Wick style. Oh yeah. Even, even <laughs> the homeless people. <laughs> Especially the homeless people. There, I mean, every homeless person in John Wick Three has a gun <laughs> underneath their blanket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of the things I love about the John Wick movies. You know, is that it, it makes you feel good knowing that, oh, okay, they're all not really homeless. They're just undercover assassins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't have a homeless problem in this country. We have an undercover assassin. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good spin. Yeah. All right, here we go, Todd. Mm-hmm. You're in the motion picture Blast from the Past. That's correct. Um. Are you looking forward to Brendan Fraser's big comeback? Sure. I'd, I'd like to see Brendan Fraser have a comeback. I liked that guy. He was fun. You Isn't are, he on TV now? Doom that- Patrol, yeah, and something else, I think, too, yeah. right? Yeah, no, he's he's doing stuff. And uh, I think he's also in a, mo- a fairly ho- high-profile movie. I don't know if they've shot it yet or not, but, you know, when I read about it, it was kind of, positioned as you know that he's he's coming back yeah i was a big fan of his mummy movies i thought they were super fun yeah uh, and and i thought it was he was funny um I, I i was always confused after he sort of disappeared um yeah there was the a lot of factors uh that, that came together in that and uh you know he's had to work through some stuff but uh, the biggest factor just being you know that's just the standard uh those mummy movies were so huge, you know, that like, and then, so then he was kind of like the dashing, you know, running around guy, but, you know, you knew he was like more of a actor that wanted to do different things. And so, you know, yeah. So I mean, like, I, I don't understand why he didn't try to jump onto some other franchises like that. I mean, he showed up in GI Joe, <laughs> uh, George of the jungle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he wasn't in the sequel, was he? Wasn't that like a? I don't believe so. But no. I don't... Yeah, yeah. Well, like he, he had have... some. He's had some serious issues, but uh, uh, hopefully, he's uh, on the, you know, on the comeback trail, or at least you know, working and and uh, happy. Whenever I see like a character actor that had a you know a big run, uh, still showing up in something, you know, so many years later, it's always. It's always nice to see that there's, you know, still getting gigs. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I would be all for a Brendan Fraser comeback. I like that guy. All right. Then in that case, I'll make a few calls. Excellent. Uh, and we'll, <laughs> we'll make sure it happens. And, and I'm willing to reprise my role in uh, Blast from the Past and Blast from the Past 2, uh, if you get that going. Untitled okay. Brendan Fraser project. All right. <laughs> You're, it's your turn, Melly Mel. All right. Because you started in replica, uh, you were in a replicate with Eugene Levy. I just have to know: is he as wonderful as I want him to be in my head? Uh, yeah, he's great. Uh, I loved working with him, and he was—he was, you know, uh, you know, at the time I was, you know, super kind of green to the Hollywood thing, and he was so cool and collaborative, and you know, there was a lot of ad living on that movie, um, and you know. Working with him in that capacity was really cool, for sure. Did his eyebrows follow you home at night? <laughs> yes, it was terrifying. That was the one downside. One downside. 
<laughs> you said no, I had an alternate question ready to go, but since you yes ended it, I feel I feel weird. But uh, <laughs> I was gonna. My second question was if you said they don't follow you home. I was gonna say, do they sleep in a special case? <laughs> did you get to see him put his eyebrows to bed <laughs> no i didn't i did re i regret that did you see um his son host snl uh i did and he was in there in the in, in some kind of glass box yeah yeah or was that a week ago i think that was last saturday last saturday yeah What's today? Thursday? Oh my God. <laughs> I really was like, yeah, you know, SNL last night. Cause I watched, I fell asleep during it. I didn't get to see the girl smash her guitar the first time around. I had to uh, go back and, you know, watch the, what I missed on Hulu. So I was seeing the Dan Levy sketches uh, this I, morning. I, I don't know why everybody was so crazy about that uh, guitar smashing thing. I don't know why it, I, I mean, I guess it's just, you know, we're just taking taking away more and more things for, you know, white dudes to be upset about and it's, <laughs> what it's leaving for them to be upset about. Just it's getting so silly because is that am I reading it right? Is it is it just a bunch of dumb men thinking that a woman shouldn't smash a guitar? Or is there something I don't, well, the stuff I read was like, how could she smash a guitar when, you know, there's poor people? Um, Wait, so what? you mean? It's like like uh, there's starving children who can let people eat guitar. Eat guitar. Yeah, that's that was <laughs> criticism I saw a lot. Why um, didn't she feed the guitar to the homeless? Yeah, exactly. The undercover assassins, you mean? But that was really what people were rising up about was that just destruction of property is is not cool. Yeah, just like it was. What I don't know. I mean, I think you're that's right. Crazy. There's probably an element of misogyny, like people because this is a woman, so everybody's got to find some reason to be critical of it. If, if I was going to be critical of it at all, I would say she was really bad at it. it took her a long time to smash that guitar. <laughs> yeah, it didn't, it didn't really smash effectively, but I think part of it though is that I don't, you know, I don't know her work that well, but I, as I understand it, that's a pretty powerful song. I, I, I saw very little bit about it, but I, I remember just kind of seeing people saying stuff like, this has been done before. And it's like, well, yeah, but right. she hasn't done it. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> There's too, why, why have anger about something like that? Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I, I felt it was kind of like a, you know, uh, sure, it's been done before, but it hasn't been done for a while. And it's, you know, it's uh, women have certainly done it. Like, I'm sure that Sonic Youth, I'm sure she broke her fucking guitar and stuff. But it's still, you know, uh, I enjoy it. I mean, it. I we're talking it. about it. <laughs> yeah exactly if people hadn't been like up in arms about the thing i probably wouldn't have thought twice about it while watching the show i, w I was right. i was literally at the taping of snl in the audience when Sinead o'connor ripped up the picture of the pope you're lying big. you're a liar i am not lying i swear <laughs> why would you come on wide world of dogs I was there. <laughs> and but the life only... us about that is so awesome. Are you on camera at all? No, no. We're just you know we're up in the the rafters there. Me and my right. The seating in there is really weird, right? It's like and I did like, yeah. Pointed in the weird. wrong direction for a lot of the show. Yeah, you can't see a lot. You're really depending on the monitors. And in the case of Sinead O'Connor when she was playing, I actually was like looking around at other stuff, you know, and, and then that happened. And my friend says that he remembers specifically because we didn't really quite see it from where we were, but he remembers me turning going, what just happened? What, what happened? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even register it. <laughs> Yeah, I wish we could then, hear that when we rewatch it. We just heard you in the rafters. What just happened <laughs> during this iconic moment? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Can't, can't believe you used to you do those things on SNL where they would, I guess it was probably only the first season or two where they would, as they were going to a break, they'd just cut to a person in the audience and say, you know, and then put a caption underneath him that says chronic masturbator or, you know, something embarrassing <laughs> and, or something hu more humorous than that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the audience, the only audience you really see now are just the people in those weird seats that are right in front of the monologue, but now there's less people there and they're all have masks on. So that's, that's really weird to me. I, I just, I think they should just not cut to them. <laughs> it is, it is the whole thing is weird. Uh, 
it's also weird just seeing people without masks acting together and having done that myself at this point i understand how it works there's a lot of safety protocols but it's still visually weird to see it yeah and then also they you know they've been rehearsing together they've been you know you see the sketches where like you know they've obviously kind of staged them in a way where people aren't like shouting each other's faces or making out at all but uh then at the end when the credits are rolling they, ha they have masks on, but 40 people crowd out onto that stage and all stand around hugging each other for, I don't know how long they stand around for, but why not just get rid of that part? Why not just have the host out there by themselves saying goodnight and, and just let the band play? And, you know, like, why do we need to see them all doing what people should not be doing? Just because they all have masks on yeah. doesn't mean you should just be in a room hugging everybody. Yeah, it's weird. It's uh, SNL just that that's the thing. You got to hug at the end of the show. Yeah, you got it. You got to hug it out because it's badly <laughs> was, a lot of the time. <laughs> I was always surprised that uh, Lauren Michaels never turned that into some kind of movie. Right? Yeah, the spinoff movie about uh, the just hugging at the end, end, credits, end credits hugging. There's, <laughs> there's also some weeks, you know, if the show's running late, it's just a blip of, you know, they'll just, he'll be like, the host will just be like, thank you, bye. And then they'll just cut away immediately, you know, without any credits or anything. Um, but sometimes they, you, you just see them all standing around doing that thing they always used to do, going around, everybody goes around and hugs everybody. But it's like, yeah, you have masks on, but that's not, that's not the whole game here. Yeah. Um, we did it again. We did it again, Todd. We had 10 questions for you, and we didn't get to all of them. How many do we have left? So they're going to roll over to our next guest, no matter who it is. And uh, we'll, we'll force them to answer questions about you. This might also force you to listen to the next episode. You might learn something about yourself. Yeah, I'm going to have to. How many did we have left? I'm just curious. Uh, I had two left. We had two each. So we got through six of them and we got four questions left. Like last time. But I answered four two. questions yeah. from last episode. From so I, got, yes. I got my five. I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you definitely. I think we've asked you, because we also are pretty inquisitive on this show. I think we've asked you more than five questions. <laughs> There's tangential questions, follow-up questions, but that's to be expected. Yeah. Do you have anything that you would like to plug at this time? Um, sure, yeah. Watch my uh, uh, live, uh, uh, I don't know, what do you call a video podcast show? Anyway, it's called uh, My Favorite Shitty Movie. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and watch us every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern uh, live cool. talking about some shitty movie. <laughs> Always a fun time to talk about <laughs> shitty movies with fun, <laughs> funny people. Doug Mallard, what do you got to plug? I just want to say congratulations uh, to Chandy and the Cap City crew. Cap City's back in Austin, Texas, a club you and I both love. And they're coming back, I think, sometimes next fall. And it's just, yeah. I'm just so thrilled for them. It's awesome. We're in a fancy spot in Austin called The Domain. Sounds yeah. Like, sounds like, you know, a futuristic movie where whoever's in charge of the domain turns out to be not very nice. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and the cafeteria at the domain is all endangered species. <laughs> Some weird things are going on at the domain, but yeah, the domain is where cap city comedy club is going to be starting in the fall and tomorrow night. Wait, today's Thursday, right? Yeah. Tomorrow five Pacific eight Eastern. I'm taking part in a benefit for the um, Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase in Ann Arbor, Michigan, a great club that's in danger of closing. So Jeff Tate put together an amazing lineup of like Len Wendy Liebman, Jackie Cation, and me and Sam Levine are gonna play a game from Douglas Movies. And uh, all of that is happening for, I think you can watch it for like 10 bucks or something. Or, might even be a pay what you want kind of deal. Very cool. Go to aacomedy.com. And, you know, if you take a while to listen to Wide World of Dugs, you're probably too late because it's, it's tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you have to listen to this podcast the day that it comes out or you're going to miss out. And then you're... mark your calendar for April 20th. I'll give you uh, more details on that later. And also let us know which version of the theme song you prefer country would you call that new one country i think it's got some country twang to it sure yeah, yeah i think it's a famous country artist that he was 
uh, I don't want to say ripping off, but you know, gently ripping off. And uh, <laughs> thanks again, Cody. Of course, our regular version is uh, is metal, and uh, yeah. you'll get to hear it here at the end. Thank you, Todd. Thank, Thank you. you. It's fun. Appreciate it. Um, I thought this would be a good closer. As always, this has been Untitled Doug Project. <laughs> <laughs>